On approximately March 11th, 2020, my attention was attracted to this subject of the coronavirus when they canceled the NCAA basketball tournaments, followed by the canceling of the NBA season, followed by the postponing of Major League Baseball spring training. These are really big events to just cancel on the spur of the moment. So it got my attention at that time. As I sat and thought about it, I wondered if it was one of the plagues of the Great Tribulation that we know is coming upon this earth. But I went back to Revelation chapter 8 and read the specifics of the Great Tribulation. I decided it was not that. I had another thing that was called to my attention. In approximately 1982, God gave me an end-time dream. Some event happened that was just terrible. The governments of men were gathering with the scientists and religious leaders to try to decide what to do in order to stop the event. There was a newscaster trying to give a report about the event. He was so frightened he couldn't speak. He finally just got up and left the microphone and in my dream all I saw was this empty room of a television radio station with no one in it. That's really something when a newscaster gets that frightened. Today they pretend to be concerned and they pretend to care, but we know they don't think it's going to touch them. You can tell when you watch them. This definitely had potential of affecting this newscaster. By that dream, I didn't feel this was the end time event, which we know of as the Great Tribulation. I went back to Matthew 24, however, and looked again at the end time writings and what Jesus told us about the end time. And I think it very well could fit in one of the end time pestilences. We'll look at that in just a moment. I know yesterday President Trump made the statement on television that some were calling this an act of God. And then he quickly said, I, I don't think it is. And I thought, I thought again about it. And I thought, well, you, <laughs> you really aren't going to get your religious information from governments of men or even from preachers because today everything has gotten so milk toasty out there in church land and so many scriptures have been completely eliminated that I wouldn't take a chance trying to learn anything from them. So I just prayed. And today I was writing something and I had to change the writing and go to this subject. We had something scheduled for this broadcast that we pulled off the 
podcast schedule and we're substituting with this because I think this is important. Let's look at some things about this subject from the Bible. In Matthew 24, Jesus said, verses 7 and 8, For nations shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in divers places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. This uh, situation could very well be one of those pestilences. I think the ramifications for famines and various other things is enormous. You can't shut down all of your businesses in a nation without having serious consequences as so many of us have done, and maybe they had to do it. I'm not saying they didn't have to do it. I'm just saying the offshoot from it financially is probably going to be devastating. I don't want to do undue panic for us. Our source is always God. What you have to do is trust in God rather than hoard food, I think, get a normal amount of food. But basically, our trust has to be put in God. We, we're just going in circles if we go any other way, and it's not right to go that way. But as far as the Great Tribulation, which is going to come on this earth, I believe that the church people who really believe in Scripture and who have not fallen away from Scripture, I believe they'll be taken out before the Great Tribulation. I could be wrong, but I think that's what the Bible shows. But the vast number of churches and church attendants, I don't think they're going to be taken out because they've changed the Scriptures and they've set up idols in so many churches. And even an idol in the Protestant churches, which is calling their ministers reverend. That's a horrible thing to do. It is not in the Bible to do that. It exalts the man. He loves to be exalted. That's a terrible thing for anyone to allow themselves to be called reverend. In 1980, a woman asked me, what do we call you? And then she said, reverend, and I said, oh, no. You call me Joan. Now, later God had me put Apostle Prophet on the things that I write. But that's okay because Paul put Apostle Teacher, Peter put Apostle, and so I know that it's approved. But no man called himself Reverend in the Bible. It wasn't done. This is an idol that has been set up by the churches and by the ministers who want to be idolized and worshipped. Well, concerning the Great Tribulation, the first thing I did is go back and look at Revelation 8, where it tells about the seven angels and the plagues that are poured out on the earth, the wrath of God. Let's read, starting at verse 6. And the seven angels which had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound. The first angel sounded. 
and there followed hail and fire, mingled with blood, and they were cast upon the earth. And the third part of trees was burnt up, and all green grass was burnt up. Hail and fire, that would be, I think, like lightning, a lightning storm as well as hail. Well, people might explain that away. Maybe not if they listen to this part of the third of the trees being burned up and all green grass being burned up. That might get their attention. But the things in the Great Tribulation are God-created events. This virus that we are seeing today might be from God. It could be God-created. It could be a part of the pestilence. I think it is likely a part of it simply because it's worldwide. We've just never seen anything like it. 1918 was bad with the Spanish flu, but we've got all these businesses shutting down all over the world. This really gets my attention. It is not so much the deaths from this current virus. I don't think they are the same number as the Spanish flu. I think they're much less. But the thing that gets my attention are the closing of businesses, the shutting down of everything, shutting down all sporting events. You're going to have a problem. Because when you shut down sporting events, the people, for the most part, who watch these sporting events, so many of them, vent their anger in a vicarious way by watching the violence on the sporting event. Don't you think that violence will increase during this period of time? I certainly do. We've heard no reports at all that I know of about violence increasing in New York City. But I certainly would expect it to. The second angel sounded, and as it were, a great mountain burning with fire was cast into the sea, and the third part of the sea became blood. And the third part of the creatures which were in the sea and had life died, and the third part of the ships were destroyed. Now that will probably get some attention. A great mountain burning with fire was cast into the sea. I haven't heard of that happening yet. I don't think that second uh, sounded, I don't think that second part of the Great Tribulation has happened. I don't think the first part has happened. But that's what you have to expect to see. Revelation chapter 8, verse 10. And the third angel sounded, and there fell a great star from heaven, burning, as it were a lamp, and it fell upon the third part of the rivers, and upon the fountains of water. And the name of the star is called Wormwood, and the third part of the waters became wormwood, and many men died of the waters because they were made bitter. 
And the fourth angel sounded. Now here's something will get everybody's attention. When the fourth angel sounds, a third part of the sun was smitten. In other words, we wouldn't have the normal amount of sun. A third part of what we have as daylight would be dark. That is bound to affect growing seasons. And the third part of the moon and the third part of the stars. So as the third part of them was darkened and the day shone not for a third part of it and the night likewise, I think that would cause great trouble to have a third less daylight than usual. Verse 13, Revelation 8, And I beheld and heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven, saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth by reason of the other voices of the other trumpet of the three angels which are yet to sound. Revelation 9 And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven unto the earth. And to him was given the key of the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pit, and there arose a smoke out of the pit, as the smoke of a great furnace. And the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. And there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth, and unto them was given power, as the scorpions of the earth have power. And it was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men which have not the seal of God in their foreheads. And to them it was given that day that they should not kill them, but that they should be tormented five months. And their torment was as the torment of a scorpion when it striketh a man. Five months these locusts are going to torment men on this earth. We know this great tribulation is not going to come in a month or a day or a year because verses like this show us this one woe is five months long. We don't know how long the other things are. Verse 6, And in those days shall men seek death and shall not find it, and shall desire to die, and death shall flee from them. And the shapes of the locusts were like unto horses, prepared unto battle, and on their heads were, as it were, crowns like gold, and their faces were as the faces of men, and they had hair as the hair of women, and their teeth were as the teeth of lions. And they had breastplates, as it were, breastplates of iron, 
and the sound of their wings was as the sound of chariots, of many horses running to battle. I've always felt that sound was kind of like helicopters. I could be wrong, but I've always thought of those helicopters being a part of this great tribulation. Verse 10, And they had tails like unto scorpions, and there were stings in their tails, and their power was to hurt men for five months. And they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon, but in the Greek tongue hath his name as Apollon. Verse 12, One woe is past, and behold, there come two woes more hereafter. Verse 13, And the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel which had the trumpet, Loose the four angels which are bound in the great river Euphrates. And the four angels were loosed, which were prepared for an hour and a day and a month and a year for to slay the third part of men. And the number of the army of the horsemen were two hundred thousand thousand, and I heard the number of them. And thus I saw the horses in the vision, and them that sat on them, having breastplates of fire, and of hyacinth and brimstone. And the heads of the horses were as the heads of lions, and out of their mouths issued fire and smoke and brimstone. I looked up the word brimstone once, and the definition was a burning stone. It, I, I think of it sort of like volcanoes where those little pieces of lava shoot out when it explodes. Fire, smoke, and brimstone. And by these three was the third part of men killed. By the fire, and by the smoke, and by the brimstone, which issued out of their mouths. For their power is in their mouth and in their tails. For their tails were like unto serpents, and had heads, and with them they do hurt. And the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues, yet repented not, of the works of their hands, that they should not worship devils and idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and wood, which neither can see nor hear nor walk. That worshiping of idols, we have got it all over the churches today. Again, one of the worst is calling the minister reverend setting him up as an idol to be worshipped. That's not what the Bible does. If you add any religious thing that isn't in a Bible, it's an idol. Verse 21. 
Neither re repented they of their murders, nor of their sorceries, nor of their fornications, nor of their thefts. Revelation 10 And I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven, clothed with a cloud, and a rainbow was upon his head, and his face was as it were the sun, and his feet as pillars of fire. And he had in his hand a little book open. And he set his right foot upon the sea, and his left foot on the earth, and cried with a loud voice, as when a lion roars. And when he had cried, seven thunders uttered their voices. And when the seven thunders had uttered their voices, I was about to write, and I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Seal up those things which the seven thunders uttered, and write them not. This is a report from the Apostle John, who was allowed to see all these things. Verse 5. And the angel which I saw stand upon the sea and upon the earth lifted up his hand to heaven, and swear by him that liveth forever and ever who created heaven and the things that therein are and the earth and the things that therein are and the sea and the things which are therein that there should be time no longer time no longer what a strange feeling that will be it'll be eternal Revelation 15, And I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels having the seven last plagues, for in them is filled up the wrath of God. These seven angels are going to pour their vials upon the earth, and that will be the end. Revelation 16, And I heard a great voice out of the temple saying to the seven angels, Go your ways and pour out the vials of the wrath of God upon the earth. And the first went and poured out his vial upon the earth. And there fell a noisome and grievous sore upon the men which had the mark of the beast, and upon them which worshipped his image. A noisome and grievous sore. That word noisome is interesting because it doesn't mean a loud sounding sore. It's a very bad smelling sore. A very bad smelling sore. And a grievous sore. And the second angel poured out his vial upon the sea and it became as the blood of a dead man, and every living soul in the sea died. And the third angel poured out his vial upon the rivers and fountains of waters, and they became blood. And I heard an angel of the waters say, Thou art righteous, O Lord, which art and wast and shall be, because thou hast judged thus. For they have shed the blood of saints and prophets, 
and thou hast given them blood to drink, for they are worthy. And I heard another out of the altar say, Even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are thy judgments. This subject of judgments is so interesting to me because I I have the office of a prophet and I know how you get persecuted by the church when you speak things of God, especially when you do corrections to the church. These judgments, we better side ourselves with God. There are some people that don't want to see any judgments or hear any judgments. I rejoice when I hear judgments from God because these people are wicked and they're doing wicked things. And those are the people in the churches are doing wicked things. I rejoice when I see a church building destroyed because I know of the wickedness. I had a dream not too long ago. It involved a Catholic woman. She, a friend of mine, she was walking across a viaduct, like over train tracks. She got to the middle of the viaduct, and I had seen her, and I was watching her. She saw me, but she tried to ignore me. What what I do? I speak about evils in the Catholic Church. I speak about evils in the evils in the Protestant churches too, because evils are in all the churches that I have found today. Well, for 40 years, I've been trying for 40 years to find a church to attend. Anyway, she got to the middle of this viaduct, and she was trying to ignore me. And then she went on to the end of the viaduct. She fell on the other side, and she was lying at the foot of the stairs of the viaduct. And I went over to see what her condition was. I looked down at her, but as I looked down at her, in the background, I saw a Catholic church building burning. Fire was shooting out of the roof. Fire was shooting out of all the windows. A fireman was trying to pour water on the building to save the building, and there was absolutely no way this building was going to be saved. And that's what's going to happen. At that same time, the child abuse stories broke again, but we've been hearing those for decades, decades, and the only thing they do is just take those priests that commit child abuse, they just take them and shift them to another diocese, and they can continue in their works. Well, that's not going to be the way it'll be in the Day of Judgment when God judges the Catholic Church. For there's much evil there. It's just awful. But even if there's one little crumb of evil, I'd get out of it. And have. I did in the past in 1985, uh, 75. The church I was attending, as a, when I was a new Christian, they were teaching that tongues were of the devil. Well, I was reading the Bible and I saw a scripture in 1 Corinthians 14, 39, which says, Forbid not to speak in tongues. That that church was certainly forbidding tongues and teaching it was of the devil. I left that church. See, it just takes one little thing that's wrong to get us out. One. 
You don't have to have 15 or 20 wrongdoings. One is sufficient. If there's one thing that is opposite to the New Testament Bible, get out. One thing. Verse 8. And the fourth angel poured out his vial upon the sun. Now this is going to be very bad. And power was given unto him to scorch men with fire. And men were scorched with great heat and blasphemed the name of God which hath power over these plagues. And they repented not to give him glory. And the fifth angel poured out his vial upon the seat of the beast. And his kingdom was full of darkness and they gnawed their tongues for pain and blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores and repented not of their deeds. Verse 12, And the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates, and the water thereof was dried up, that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet. For they are the spirit of devils working miracles. Devils are going to work miracles in the last days. And you're going to think it's God. That's what he's saying. For they are the spirits of devils working miracles, which go forth unto the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. Verse 15. Jesus says, Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth, watcheth himself, watches what he's doing, and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked, and they see his shame. And he gathered them together into a place called, in the Hebrew tongue, Armageddon. And the seventh angel poured out his vial into the air. Now this is the last angel bringing the plagues from God. The seventh angel poured out his vial into the air. And there came a great voice out of the temple of heaven from the throne saying, It is done. Verse 18, And there were voices and thunders and lightnings, and there was a great earthquake, such as was not since men upon the earth so mighty an earthquake and so great. After the last vial of the seventh angel is poured out on the earth, this current heaven and earth are destroyed by God. Every once in a while I'll be turning TV channels and I'll see a program called How the World Comes to an End. And I think, 
Well, that's really simple. The world is destroyed by fire. We who know the Bible know how the world comes to an end. Second Peter chapter 3. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Verse 11. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? Looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace, without spot, and blameless. Three things that we need to live by every second of every day. In peace, without spot, and blameless. If we're troubled about anything at all, we're not ready for the coming of Jesus. We need to be in constant peace. And how do we do that? We do that by taking every thing to God in prayer. If something is scheduled on your calendar and you dread it, talk to God about it. He may want you to change it. If you have a meeting with someone and you dread seeing that person, talk to God about it. Take everything to God in prayer. That is the only way we can live in peace. Without spot and blameless, you're not going to be able to sit there where they're worshiping idols. You're not going to be able to sit where they're worshiping crosses, where they're hanging on to imaginary things of God that have no power. There was a time that I was watching a bit of a college world series in baseball. I'm not a baseball fan, but I had the TV on and Arkansas was playing and I thought, well, I'll watch a bit. And then I began to notice something. It was the strangest thing. These Arkansas fans and the Arkansas baseball players who were in the dugouts had bananas on their heads. Somehow, they had imagined that bananas would bring luck. Well, that's about the same way a problem as crossing yourself, thinking that you're blessing yourself or you're bringing luck to yourself. This is evil. I don't want anything to be from man or something I do. I want it to be from God. The king of Sodom offered Abraham riches, but Abraham refused him. And he said, no, I have lifted up my hand to God that I won't take anything that is thine, lest thou say I have made Abraham rich. Even if it did work to cross yourself, I wouldn't want to do that. That's not in the Bible. God will take care of us if we trust him.
But the banana story is so weird, but it's not worse than these religious stories of them falling down in front of idols and reading things to these molten images. This is horrible stuff. Well, don't think you're going to escape the Great Tribulation if you're worshiping an idol in church. It's just not going to happen. Now, where is the new heaven and the new earth? We can read about it in Revelation 21. Start at verse 1. John says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he, God, will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. You see, we have new bodies in the new heaven. We don't have these fleshly bodies that we're in right now, which are subject to pain. We are given a new body by God. That is in 1 Corinthians 15. And that body is given to us in a twinkling of an eye when we're taken off this earth. I want you to try doing this. I want you to blink. Just blink once. That's how fast it happens. That we are given a new body and taken off this present earth. So that's the new Jerusalem. I hope none of you are calling the current nation of Israel, the Holy Land. That is ridiculous. They don't even believe in Jesus. That's not the Holy Land. That's a nation of men. The new heavens and the new earth are the place where righteousness dwells. Also, you will never be able to make this current earth righteous. You will never be able to do that. In fact, the Apostle Paul said, evil, evil men and seducers will wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. That's in Second um, Timothy chapter 3. The righteousness is in the new heavens and new earth. The righteousness we desire is in the new heavens and new earth that comes down from God. It doesn't come down to this earth, I don't think. It just, we will be there. That's where we will be. Well, I don't think you can take this current worldwide virus lightly. I think it's pretty spectacular in the sense 
of the aftermath that is likely to come as a result of the action of people. The shutting down of all the businesses, almost all of them, the ramifications of that are probably something we've never even thought of. Now, our only hope is turning to God and being led by God. If we need to do something and we belong to God and have His Spirit, God will show us to do it. I had one thing that God showed me to do. He showed me to make these podcasts, which I consider to be warning you as a prophet of God. Getting you to wake up. Getting you to straighten up your life and quit worshiping those religious idols. Getting you to turn to the New Testament Bible and do the rules of God. We don't live by the Old Testament law. That's absolutely correct. We don't sacrifice animals, thank God, for our sins. Jesus paid for our sins with his blood. But we do have rules of God to live by that we are each one going to be held accountable for at the day of judgment. So I want to encourage you to read the New Testament Bible and conform your life to the rules set forth by God in the New Testament Bible. Every scripture I've spoken to you today is on our blog. If you will go to Jesus Ministries Exhortation, on the right-hand side you'll see Podcast. Click on that word Podcast and look for the recording. Is this coronavirus an act of God upon this world? Tap on that, and it will bring up this recording as well as every scripture that I have spoken to you today. Again, the name of the blog, Jesus Ministries Exhortations. Thank you for letting me speak with you.